There's nothing that people have loved to hate and hate to love more than Don't Worry Darling. I know. Honestly, we've talked about it week in and week out for probably two years. I don't know. When was this first announced? Uh, This is like the film event of the year, I feel. Uh, I don't know of a movie that has gotten more press around it than this one has from so many different angles. There's the Florence Pugh versus Olivia Wilde. There is the Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles. There's the Mm -hmm. Olivia Wilde versus Jason Sudeikis. Mm -hmm. There's the Spitgate. There's (laughs) the is Florence Pugh going to the press conference stuff. (laughs) There's all of the stuff with Shia LaBeouf and his casting. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the movie and the various plot lines and things there. Then we have Kiki Lane mm. uh, and uh, and whatever is happening with that drama. Just so much stuff to unpack. Oh, and boy. it was interesting in the run-up, like hearing all of these things. But now it's, I think, makes all of those stories more interesting to have seen the final product and be like, <laughs> huh, okay. Interesting how this all fits yes. together. yeah. I mean, because right off the bat, like Olivia Wilde was riding high off of Booksmart, which we both loved. We I loved. honestly still like can watch that and laugh out loud. It's a great loud. movie. Mm-hmm. Great. And so when it was that announced- That swimming like, pool scene? Oh. <laughs> when it was announced that she was directing a new movie and it was going to star Florence Pugh, I was very excited. I was like immediately in. I was stoked to see what she would do. And I think too, this was a- very popular screenplay that had won like some sort of contest or been named like best. Yeah. I think it was on the blacklist for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And so she and who's the distributor Warren brothers or Warner brothers or something. Warren brothers, our favorite distributor. Yes. Warner brothers. (laughs) They like fought to get the rights to this. And, um, and then she brought in her own screenwriter, kind of polish it up. Olivia Wilde did not write this, just for the record. She did not write this movie. She directed it. She did not. She wasn't the cinematographer. She was the yes. director. No. And yes. um, and so she she was the director. But then right away, there was just like little random spurts of drama where like I remember one of the first photos she posted from the movie was of Harry Styles where she was like, this man is so great. He knows how to like step up to make a, it's hard to be in a woman dominated space, but he handles it so well. Like that, that image of him on the back of the car is just ingrained in my psyche because I was like, oh, it gave me the ick, right? Like it was like, huh, this is a weird, weird first promo thing to do when it's technically a movie about women, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it was weird um, also because, I mean, even to back back up from that, it was originally announced that it was going to be Florence Pugh and Shia LaBeouf oh, yeah. in the leads. Yeah, also, Dakota Johnson was in here at some point, and I would guess maybe the Gemma Chan role. Would oh, that have been the one that she would have been in? I don't know, because um, at first Olivia Wilde thought she'd play the main role. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. But so the yes, the casting was a was a bit chaotic, but then it was announced that actually Shia LaBeouf wasn't going to be in it. Um that it was going to be Harry Styles and yeah, we uh, also at some point during this it came out that Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis who had been married and had kids together were splitting up and the timeline was murky as to when they and like when they actually split up when they announced they split up when she met harry styles when they started dating all of this you know is a bit chaotic and according to tiktok harry styles and olivia while they're still dating because she was spotted at one of his concerts so 
Okay. Well, Even though you. people were thought like, oh, well, maybe they had broken up. I think they're still together or at least wow. friendly. <laughs> well, she did come out and say that there's nothing more joyful than women at a Harry Styles concert. <laughs> you know, uh, I hmm. I would beg to differ, but we'll go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was – yeah, it's kind of an interesting life cycle to get through the drama of this because for the most part, it was just kind of around, wow, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles are dating. That's messy. Um, but the more she talked about this movie, the more like kind of red flags popped up. And the fact that the more she talked about it, the less Florence Pugh seemed to talk about it, I think also, you know, set the uh, mouths a-running because – I mean, you can't really talk about the discourse of this movie, both thematically in the film itself and behind the scenes with the drama, uh, without recognizing like the internalized misogyny at play. Because the fact that we, at, at large, the world, has spent so much time and attention on this supposed feud between two actors who have not really said much about what really happened, and yet, you know male directors, male stars, male whatever can can be assholes, they can be loud, they can be abusive even on sets, <clears throat> David O. Russell, and get yeah. away with it without the same sort of constant feeding of the frenzy is interesting. But there's something so tantalizing about this. Well, I almost think that part of the intrigue of this movie is that there seems to be drama, but like no one can really like yeah, no one has sort of been able mystery. to penetrate either Florence Pugh or Olivia Wilde yeah. or any of the cast enough to sort of get that drama yeah. where like David O. Russell who's a horrible person like we have him on tape screaming at Lily yeah. Tomlin we have lots of stories of his bad behavior on set and so when he comes back and you know is making Amsterdam the movie that's about to come out with yeah. a million people and Taylor Swift instead <laughs> um, that it's like we know that he's bad so there's sort of like less intrigue around what actually happens yeah, because it's not like, like, like there's no solve. mystery yeah. yeah we're with don't worry darling the movie itself is a mystery and so is the behind the scenes things because we're we don't have a full story and we're picking up morsels from like a late night appearance who is in an instagram post yeah. who is retweeting a tweet you know like all of these kind of little tiny pieces of information that get blown out of proportion and sort of taken in very odd directions when it comes to things like the spit video. <laughs> um, and yeah. yeah, like I guess as the promotion was starting, everybody else was promoting the movie. Um, Florence Pugh was very obviously not promoting the movie. Then she, then dream the only press that she was going to do for it was at the Venice film festival because she's currently shooting Dune part two, which I think is very exciting. And, yeah. uh, and then, she, Oh, it was announced that she was late or that her flight was delayed. So she couldn't go to the press conference. But at the time of the press conference, she posted a video of her walking around Venice with an Aperol spritz. So it was like, okay, well <laughs> clearly she was available in some capacity. Yeah. Um, most recently, she posted a she put, posted two groups of photos on her Instagram of like behind the scenes stuff. Harry Styles is not in any of <laughs> those photos. Um, Olivia Wilde is in one sort of like way in the back of yeah. one of the batches. But it's like, huh, if the two of you basically had all of your scenes together and were friendly at all it would seem like you would be posting videos about him instead she's posting pictures of people who she's barely interacts with in the film yeah so i think honestly intrigued. that's been my favorite part of the drama is just that i feel i feel good in my selection to stand florence Pugh. like it's team flow all the way i think she's handled this in such a nice way whereas Olivia Wilde is a specific brand of feminist where she can't stop talking about how she's a feminist and she tries to like pivot almost anything onto misogyny where she's like oh you only want to talk about this because of that you only want to you're making this up because of that I if I was a man you wouldn't be asking me that type thing which might be true in some cases but it's just like at a certain point you just want to beg her to stop yeah. talking about it because it's just not helping matters and that's true with the whole 
I fired Shia and then Shia comes out and says, no, I quit. And then she goes on like Stephen Colbert, I think. Yeah, I saw the Colbert thing. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, both things can be true because I – he made an environment where I had to choose Florence or him and I chose Florence and he said, okay, I'm stepping away. And he's like, okay, so did you fire him or not? And she's like, well, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, okay. I, to be fair though, to Olivia Wilde, I mean, I am also team Florence Pugh on this um, and not team Harry Styles. <laughs> I think that Florence Pugh though has, or I mean, Olivia Wilde has a very unenviable task of, yes having to do all of the press for this movie basically herself because Harry Styles is on tour and Florence Pugh obviously isn't doing anything. So the only person who is having to answer these difficult questions for the most part is Olivia Wilde. And she keeps having like, I mean, to her credit, people have been trying to get her to say something negative about Florence Pugh this entire time. And she has said nothing but like rave reviews of Florence. Um, which she did not need to do necessarily. But I think in an effort to try to uh, like get through this, she has just like stuck to this party line of like anybody who's, you know, approaching her about any issue. It's like feminism. And you're like, okay, well (laughs) maybe that's not exactly how you would, uh, how I would approach this issue. But also I do feel bad for her, like having to go on a, you know, two month long press cycle for this movie that is just everybody asking her questions about her divorce and her relationship with for Harry sure. Styles and her feud with Florence Pugh and how she had to fire Shia LaBeouf. And it's like also from working, you know, sort of in like not in film, but like in books and in media, like I know how tricky some of these contracts and stuff are. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm sure that getting rid of Shia LaBeouf was not as easy as Olivia Wilde just said, Oh, you're fired kind of a thing. Like I'm sure there were lots of lawyers and Warner brothers was involved and Shia's people and the agents and whatever. So it's like, I also can see how, you know, she could sort of like feel that she fired him or say that she fired him and be a, have it kind of be like a murky right. situation. But yes, it, she has not done great, but I yeah. do feel slightly bad for her. Yeah. I mean, and it clearly for whatever reason, like it, would this, would these cast interactions have been remarkable if we didn't have the drama to like try and fe- read into probably not but no you do have like harry styles tripping over his like oh it's a movie you want to see a movie type thing and chris pine staring off into space wishing he was anywhere else you have like some dissatisfaction but at the same time you have these wild stories coming out that florence and and olivia wilde got into a screaming match and it was like a huge disaster but then you have suddenly 40 people signing a letter from set stating that um it this wasn't realistic. Uh, any allegations about unprofessional behavior on the set are completely false. And so it's like it's it's both interesting and kind of troubling how much news has been brokered by absolutely just nothing that could be proven or um, things that have been outright, you know, discredited. Um, but then this at the is- same time, it's like great promotion. Oh, yeah. The promotion in this movie is incredible. I mean, I don't think any of it is their doing, but it is (laughs) a masterful press cycle. Uh, This is what my take on what happened was. I think that, and having just read the um, Jeanette McCurdy book, I imagine that the set was something like the set of the show that Jeanette was on with Ariana Grande (laughs) Uh where not that Ariana Grande is a bad person, but Ariana Grande has a lot going on. She's becoming an international superstar. Jeanette is not at that level. And so the Nickelodeon just keeps sort of like giving Ariana Grande passes. She doesn't have to show up to things. She doesn't have to do press, you know, all of these different 
uh, easy outs. And by doing that, they end up making Jeanette McCurdy do all of sort of the grunt work for the show. And so she yeah. gets upset about it and it causes this sort of like hostile work environment. I think that probably working on a movie with Harry Styles was somewhat similar in that he has a lot of other things going on. And also he's just like more famous and recognizable than Florence Pugh is, especially Florence Pugh um, pre-Marvel, which is when this would have been shooting. Um, Like, I mean, yes, I love her, you know, Midsommar and Little Women, but I I think that's just a different level of fame than Harry Styles. Um, And so I can imagine that kind of being something for the rest of the cast is like slightly annoyed with, you know, whatever sort of diva like behavior he has, but also just like all of the things that you have to do around him because he is such a big celebrity. And then when the director of the movie then starts dating Harry, I can imagine that, you know, she is taking his side on things, giving him more outs and things and making the rest of the team sort of like pick up that extra slack and how that created like a very annoying environment to be shooting a movie in where the director support supposed to kind of be like an impartial person who's moving the whole thing. And instead it, the director is like the biggest advocate for like the most annoying person in the cast. So I can see how that's frustrating and how the likes of Chris Pine, who, you know, is a very successful actor and Florence Pugh would be annoyed with a sort of non actor, (laughs) you know, sort of in a vanity project kind of thing, getting all of this leeway. Um, And also, I mean, I think that getting into the movie itself, like I, I don't necessarily think Harry Styles is terrible in this movie, but he's not great. And you can also imagine him like having to probably do extra takes of things and needing more time with stuff (laughs) to get good responses where, where the rest of the people in the movie who are trained actors were much more like, okay, we can just go with this and Oh shoot. Now we're having to do extra takes because Harry Styles isn't a good actor. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I think there's been a lot of jokes about like, oh, I'd love a movie about the making of this movie. And I think it's true where it's like, obviously, you can believe Harry Styles might be a great actor one day, but to go against like Chris Pine and Florence Pugh in like a first go is pretty rough. Um, And I think on top of that, you have maybe... uh, a sense, uh, a different, hmm. I mean, I think about like looking, seeing the movie and then looking back at how it was pitched. You have Olivia Wilde who's there talking about like, how did she say it? She's like, oh, I'm never going to show a male orgasm. Men don't come in this film. It's only women here. It's female focused on pleasure in the sex scenes here. And there's like a lot about this sort of like, wow, we're the first of this film to like, have a man go down on a woman like it's like that was the pitch I got over and over was like sex positive sex forward it's all about women 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 and then to see Florence Pugh do her one article about it and she's like yeah it kind of bothered me that that became the focus because it's like such it's so uninteresting to me and then to watch the movie and realize one how little like sex and promiscuity there is in this movie like it's pretty it's pretty mild as far as what i was expecting oh yeah and, and then definitely the taint the far tamer of harry styles's two movies this fall. yeah my policeman <laughs> yeah, he's like bare ass naked like getting railed yeah. on a couch you know in the street on a beach anywhere and this he like yeah. sticks his head below florence yeah. Pugh's dress one time but it, it's it's like that he's doing a garter grab at a wedding <laughs> Yeah. And then on top of it, you have the context of the film and it's like, huh, I guess I do have some questions about what Olivia Wilde thought she was accomplishing with this film and thinking, wow, I'm being so sex positive. And then the actual theme of this movie, which is like, huh, very much not... not about sex really yeah okay let's get into like the actual movie because i feel like if we talk about that then we can sort of circle back to some of these issues yes more interesting and can we just say like spoilers Spoilers yeah definitely and i will say like it's a twist movie yeah i will say like i think 
this movie got ripped apart in reviews. It's not necessarily the most well done film, but if you are interested in the drama of it, I would say go in blind, you know? I think it's fun to kind of try and puzzle it out. Um, that being said, I also think I'd rather rewatch it now knowing the twist to just try and see like what happened. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, spoilers abound. So the movie plotline is Florence Pugh is married to Harry Styles. They live in this like 50s community. There's something going on where the men are involved in some sort of te- uh, top secret project, but we don't know what it is. Uh, I-, I think people kind of think like, is it the atomic bomb? Is it NASA? Is it some like military something, something? Um, because that's just the energy of like 1950s. Uh, weird stuff starts to happen in the town to Florence Pugh. She sort of has these weird dreams and visions and things. One of the neighbors played by Kiki Lane uh, is like clearly going through some kind of mental duress. Um People keep denying Florence Pugh that she's seen things that she knows she's seen. And then at one point she kind of like wanders off into the desert because she thinks she sees a plane crash. She she land, she stumbles upon the site of where all the men work um, and kind of has like an out-of-body experience. <clears throat> we later learn that the whole thing is a simulation put on by sort of like a Joe Rogan meets QAnon group of men where they where they bring women into the simulation. The women live there. The men can kind of go out into the real world and do whatever, but then come back to this simulation where they feel like strong and proud and like they're running the world and that they can do whatever they want because out in the real world, they've been emasculated by progressives and feminism and such and such. And so Harry, the Harry Styles character outside of the world who has like is balding and has acne has like basically kidnapped his wife, Florence Pugh, who is the breadwinner of the family in this simulation and is locking her up there. And then in the scenes, and the movie's final scenes, she has to escape to go back to the real world um, by sprinting back out into the desert, which she So does. many questions. So many questions. Yeah. What were your, like, what were your, what were your thoughts going into the movie? Like, were you going to yeah. like it? Were you excited? And then like coming out of it, what were your takeaways? I was really excited by the trailer. It was giving me the island with um, Scarlett Johansson and, uh, but was it giving you serenity? <laughs> no. It was giving me the island. It was giving me Stepford Wives. I was like, clearly something's wrong. Like, let's do it. Let's figure this out. And even with the drama, even with the bad reviews, I was like, I love a twisty movie. I love a feminist movie. Like, I bet – and I love Florence Pugh, so I bet this will be fun. I was sad by how unfun the first half is. The real – there's like – it just suddenly takes this bonkers turn in the last like – I don't know, what would it have been, 30-minute mark? Like, it, it's a long time to get to the twist, which I get. Like, that's, you know, the classic M. Night Shyamalan, like, final final twist situation. But I, <laughs> I was on this sort of, like, plateau. I was on this downward slope of I came in with my feelings high, and then I was like, oh, this is kind of boring. And then that last that last bit just went so off the walls bonkers that I was laughing. I was having a good time. I was like, yes, stab him again. Like, I wanted more, and I was disappointed it didn't give me more. But I also was like, I was, I was okay with the with the stupidity of it. <laughs> I felt like this for a movie that had such a bonkers press cycle. Yeah. It could not have been a kind of more bland, like yeah. uninteresting film. Like really they got lucky with the press cycle because otherwise I think yeah. this movie would have came and gone with no fanfare. The the middle section where Florence Pugh is sort of like slowly losing her mind or, you know, trying to figure out what's going on is so long. And it's like every scene, it's like, oh, another dream, another weird thing. We're like, we get it. Like what? Like we get that something's going on. Like what's the twist? Just like get to the twist. And it takes forever to get there. I don't, I mean, Florence Pugh, I think has a great performance. Harry Styles, I think is fine. Like not terrible, but also not 
good. He doesn't really have that much He's to do, nothing. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And and the twist and stuff, I didn't think were bad necessarily. I love the twist, but it was not earned, nor was it explored. No, and it felt like I don't yeah, it's it kind of felt like something we had seen a few times before with yes. this like simulate like oh we're all in a simulation sort of energy. Um I don't know. I it wasn't <laughs> I loved the twist so much. I honestly I was like, you know, because you're sitting there and you're like, something's wrong. So you're already like working through your head, like, what could it be? And it's clear that the men are lying somehow and there's something nefarious. And I knew it was going to be like something like they're, they were brainwashed. The women were taken there somehow. Like, I thought maybe they'd made this like weird little society cult like thing and they'd like drugged all the women to believe they're in the 50s. Um, and so well, when I the thought it was going to be like more Westworldy than it was. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because then by the time it cuts to Harry Styles with this scraggly beard and just looking so cringe, just looking disgusting. So bad. So bad. Disgusting. Honestly, props to the costume and makeup team because yes. who knew that was possible? And props to Harry for being like, yeah, I'll look up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I will give this. Because you um, know, Sandra Bullock was not doing that. She was saying, you're going to airbrush the crap out of me for my. I once in a bullet train. I just, yeah, I, when that happened, I was just like, when he suddenly, when it suddenly cut to them in like modern day and she's wearing her scrubs and she's a doctor and I was just like, yes, like give this to me. I was there for it. I wanted, I loved like Andrew Tate podcasting, like Chris Pine is just this cult of personality yes. who's just like inspiring the worst in men who are just sitting there feeling sad for themselves. It felt so camp the way Harry Styles was like, I didn't eat because I didn't know what you wanted and you never text me back. <laughs> like honestly, laugh out loud. Great, great energy going from the hyper-masculine uh, dreamscape to this more realistic approach of just like performed incompetence and just like loser behavior. And I was I was ready for the bloodbath. I was ready for the for the hysteria. I was ready for these women to make a mess once they realized what was happening to them. But she like pulled back her punch. I I don't know if it's the screenwriter's fault. I don't know if it was a choice. But the fact that, one, they don't even really explain the mechanics of this world, nor allow the women to really experience the betrayal in an interesting way. It also ends on this weird cliffhanger where she gets out, but we don't get to see anything. So she's just tied up on a bed next to her dead husband and like, what is she going to do next? You know, I wanted, honestly, there's a scene where <laughs> none of this movie makes sense, but Chris Pine's character, who's the like head honcho, the leader of this group, he's married to Jimmy Chan. And so as he's like answering phone calls, I don't know why he's not driving to the base, but he's answering phone calls, trying to keep tabs on Florence Pugh as she heads off to like escape. Jimmy Chan just suddenly stabs him in the stomach. And I was like, oh, yeah. But then she said, like, it's time for me to take over or something. <laughs> and I was like, wait, is she in on this? Or is she just, like, finally standing up to her man? Is she going to suddenly try to no. stop Florence Pugh? Because I thought that could be interesting where it's, like, this woman-on-woman -woman crime. Like, what is she going to do to convince her to stay in this world? But then it just, like, was never revisited and nothing – that was my frustration is that there were all these interesting moments where the story could have split in a totally different direction that would have been really compelling, really different. But she just like – she didn't bother, I don't know, kind of fleshing it out and figuring out where that would go. They to trim down the middle part and add oh, more yes. to the end, I think. Yes, 100%. Because I, I also did think it was interesting to have the movie sort of be this uh, like skewering of – yeah, like the Joe Rogan sort of culture. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, the fact that I think that Gemma Chan was like in on it the whole time and knew what was going on and just like wanted to be in control instead of letting Chris Pine be in control. <laughs> but then she didn't do why, anything. I think that's why she stabbed him, but we just didn't get any more of that. Yeah. And then obviously, and then like Olivia Wilde's character, it turns out she knew it all along and was sort of doing a Wanda vision where she's like, but my kids like, are my here, kids so are I have here. to stay in the simulation. Yeah. But aside from that, yeah, I, I do think it would have been fun to have a more like bloody sort of action scene where the women yeah. are killing all of these men. Um, yeah. Cause it's also conveniently revealed that if a man dies in this world, he dies in the real world. I, I don't know why, but uh, okay. And I felt like as she walked out of her house, bloodied and, and shocked, these other women started to realize something was off too. And I wanted there to be this like kind of kill bill moment. Right an awakening of sorts but as it looks Florence Pugh didn't really do anything like life happened to her the the truth came out to her like there was yeah. no moment of like the only thing she did was run away yeah <laughs> and it wasn't even like she couldn't even do that right she like crashes the car and is like Whoa. like and then there's this moment where she gets to the top and she's about to like touch the screen and get out but then she imagines Harry Styles again. And I'm like, are we supposed to feel like torn about this choice? Are we supposed to feel sad for what she's lost? Like, well, also, he's dead at that yeah. point. So it's like. What is she like imagining going is back it like to? A guilt what is she questioning? I sort of thought that. I sort of thought that. Thought of that as like a last ditch like effort from the simulation to try mm. to keep her there. But that really wasn't fleshed yeah. out if that's what that was was actually happening i just kind of took that to be yeah. what it was <laughs> no the simulation rules made zero sense like abs like i think the frustrating thing about walking out of this movie i don't even call them plot holes it was more stylistic choices that didn't have any payoff like the plane crash was just never explained even though that was the kind of linchpin for her uncovering this like i i feel like that could have been justified by like anything well, like anyone trying to like nudge her awake or something but it was just like here's a question oh yeah one <laughs> well it's kind of, well it came it came out earlier it came out uh, today or yesterday um so kiki lane yes who, it was in uh what's that movie you like the army one with the de undead people um the uh the undead the old the, guard uh, the oh. old guard, yes. She's in the old guard. She was in If Beale Street Could Talk. Like, a very good She's and very I feel talented. like fairly prominent actress or up and coming at, at the very least. And she was in the She's movie. on the poster. And, yeah. Like, sort of, but, like, didn't really do any press for it, really. Like, mm -hmm. I felt like it was very underplayed that she was in this movie um, for the kind of star quality that she has. And then when I watched the movie, she's not in very much, but it came out today in a story or yesterday that she was sort of upset because a lot of her scenes were cut from the film, yeah. but the person who played her husband in the movie, who they had scenes together, like fell in love on set and are cute. still together now. And it's super cute. And so I'm wondering if maybe in uh, Olivia Wilde's kind of, uh, adapting of the script that was longer that she cut some things that would have been helpful for us to find out. Well, um, supposedly the original script wasn't as clearly feminist. It wasn't the victory project wasn't named like the ending did have more of a conclusion, um, but it wasn't like, um, how did they say it? It wasn't like, uh as cinematic or or big so i feel like the script rewrites are to blame in some part but then on top of it the editing clearly cut out some people and i think that speaks to a larger issue of this movie too which is the sort of white feminism that is just fueling the plot where it is very weird even watching it in real time to like see this character, Kiki Palmer's character, be the one that inspired... Or sorry, Kiki Lane. Um, inspiring Florence Pugh's sort of breakdown. But the way they play that character is kind of cruel. Um, they don't give her much to say. They never kind of explain her. The only 
the only explanation we get about her is from Olivia Wilde, who said, we used to be friends with her, but then she had her breakdown. And now it's just like, oh, she went crazy. And it's just like weird that then Florence Pugh becomes obsessed with her, but we're never told like why her or why there's that connection. And I feel like that was an opportunity for this sort of intersection of like, yeah, there's a lot of like toxic masculinity that believes, oh, make America great again. Let's go back to when men were men. Like, let's go back to the 50s, 60s. Like, let's do that. And the romanticization of that trad life, like housemaker. And that's not just men talking about like, like there's a lot of women today who are very much like, Ugh, I can't believe like capitalism means I have to go to work when I could have just been making sandwiches for my husband and and staying home and happy. And I feel like this movie could have explored like, oh, well, actually, the like undercurrent of that time was not good for women. Whereas stylistically, Olivia Wilde spends an hour and a half just glamorizing the F out of this world. Everything's beautiful. Everything's lush. Everything, every outfit, every makeup, every swimsuit, every ad is just like stunning. But then she never sort of figures out what's wrong with it, except for what's wrong with Florence Pugh specifically. Like there's never really an exploration of like what this did to women of color, women who maybe didn't have different choices. Like there's not enough exploration of like the actual cost of this world, except, oh, wow, this is starting to affect me. So maybe I should have paid attention to this woman who was trying to tell me something and now she's gone. So I guess I'll figure it out on my own type thing. Like it's very much white feminism. It's very much feminism 101. It's very much... um I don't know, just kind of falling asleep at the wheel and doing the bare minimum in delivering some sort of bigger message because it all just becomes about a woman who's like, I don't know, it's meant to be liberating, but it's only liberating for her. Well, also, if if this is going to be kind of like a Matrix style movie, you want to see some kind of big comeuppance at the end. Yeah. It's not just, well, Florence Pugh escapes and leaves everybody else yeah. there behind. Um which, yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't deliver, like, the blow that we need it to deliver at the end. Yeah. But maybe let's talk about some of these performances, because there are a lot of people in this movie who are famous, semi-famous, <laughs> doing a lot of different things. I thought that actually one of the funniest parts of it was Olivia Wilde's performance as sort of, like, the, like, boozy neighbor who, like, doesn't really like her kids that much. And, um, what? Like, you thought she was good or you thought it was funny? I thought it was funny. I thought she was, like, entertaining. I thought her and Kate Berlant's character, the always pregnant one, were, like, a funny sort of, like, duo that kept popping up at these dinner parties and stuff. And especially... When you're watching, I mean, Harry Styles is not delivering any He's humor. And as you're watching Florence Pugh, like, have uh, her 17th round of kind of, like, Ugh, breakdown, yeah. it was nice to have these little, like, pops of entertainment coming yeah. up in that pairing, I thought. Definitely. Because even think... Nick Kroll, who's in it, and, like, is a comedian, I felt like didn't really have that he much had, to do. Two minutes of time, yeah. Humor-wise. Yeah, it was strange to see how the movie broke up. Like, I would love a sort of pie chart about screen time because Florence Pugh was alone for a lot of this movie and it was just like random like stylistic uh jaws slack jawed like oh my gosh what's happening like cracking eggs or the window suddenly smashing her things that were cool stylistically like oh my reflection doesn't move even as I move type thing oh I'm seeing someone in the glass but like we're never explained it's never explained and so like the fact that looking back so much of the movie is just her going through these things. It's like, well, what was the point of that? Because yeah, I feel like once you learn the twist, the more interesting character would have been Olivia Wilde, who supposedly chose to be there. And why, if she chose to be there, was she the one gaslighting Kiki Lane and Florence Pugh about not seeing what they've seen? When if she wants to protect and preserve this space, she could have handled their mental breakdowns in a more you know, kind of manipulative way to keep them feeling sane, you know, validate yeah. and then bring in. <laughs> but instead, I just felt so confused by her because she is the woman who seems to hate her kids. And it's like, well, why would you cosplay this to see your kids, but then turn into this like caricature who seems like annoyed by her kids? I also wondered how many 
of the scenes, like the Florence Pugh's alone, were supposed to kind of be scenes that Harry Styles were was in. Yeah. Or uh, because again, the, with his schedule and stuff, and I think the behind the scenes drama maybe speaks to this, like that there were supposed to be scenes that he was supposed to be in that then they rewrote and stuff on the fly. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that had something to do with it. Also, could we just talk for a second about the most ridiculous scene in the middle where Harry Styles has to like dance in front of everybody at this like burlesque sort of like Like work party. Yeah. Like work. The whole thing made, the whole thing as a scene really made no sense whatsoever. And also, like, I understand that in the 1950s, like, the way people thought about sex and stuff was just very different. But to have, like, an event where everybody brings their, like, spouses and then the whole thing is, like, a let's watch this woman do a burlesque number. Like, wow, wasn't that great? I'm like, was that, is like that, like, the horrible. 50s aesthetic? Like, I remember vividly a scene in The Right Stuff, which is about the um, space race. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. It features something similar that I wasn't allowed to watch. My dad would cover my eyes during that. So I don't know like historically how relevant that was, but I feel like it was a thing. I feel okay. like it was a thing that happened. But speaking of the sex in this movie, I do want to circle back to that because – watching this movie and then remembering how Olivia Wilde pitches this is like (laughs) only women orgasm (laughs) it's like WTF girl like this is not a sexual fantasy for any woman she's literally being forced into this against her will it is like a weird rape fantasy so on one hand it's very uncomfy to watch knowing that but then on the other hand it makes no sense for the characters of these men to be like oh, yeah, I just care about pleasuring my woman when they're willing to entrap their woman in such an elaborate way um, only to just have sex be about them. It was very odd. It didn't work, and it felt like one of those, like, little bones of feminism Olivia Wilde was throwing where it's like, see, I'm a feminist because there's not a dick on screen. (laughs) It also was just, like, very a very unsexy movie, I feel like. Yeah. Like, I mean, early on, Harry and Florence are cast in light of, oh, they're, like, the young newlyweds. They just, like, are constantly having sex where where everybody else, it's, like, Kate Berlant is pregnant. um, Olivia Wilde has kids already. And that the... Florence Pugh and Harry are just like having sex all over the place. They do have sex in their boss's <laughs> bedroom at one point. Yeah, like but it's like... not very. It's not. It's not like horny sex yeah. or hot at all. It's and you don't see anything. Everybody's always fully dressed. Um, it's pretty like non sexy and yeah yeah. and then once you get to the twist and realize like oh wait well i mean maybe they had a quote-unquote loving relationship in this world but also he had locked her in here so actually all of this is very suspect um and has sort of like a stockholm syndrome kind of energy to it makes it a lot more uncomfortable and you know just I feel like every movie is in constantly comparison to other movies that you see at the same time. But like my policeman, Harry Styles, other movie has way more sex in it. I also just saw blonde. um, (laughs) Yeah. The Marilyn Monroe movie, which is also terrible. And the lens in that looking at women's bodies and sex is, is bad. But like that movie is a much like sexier hornier movie where this feels almost like sterile in a lot of ways yeah it was strangely like very stylized but it didn't feel like it served a purpose like I feel like it was strange to have so much around the look of the film but then never really examine why the look mattered like why would these guys worry so much about this 1950s? Like, I just, I really just want more about like the machinations of this VR. The like creation world. of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, what was Chris Pine's end goal? Like, why, why would they want a world where the only thing they get to do in VR is like 
go to bed basically you know like they go to work for the seven hours a day and then get to pop up and like have dinner have sex have drinks go to bed type thing and I was just like curious about like and you get little tiny tiny snippets where it's like oh you're responsible for keeping your corpse wife alive and it's like him right. squeezing a washcloth because it seems because it seems like actually the women are the ones who have the much better end yeah. of the deal here cuz they're in the VR world completely and like yeah they have to like scrub a tub or whatever every day but in general it's yeah they're kind of doing whatnot where the men have to go like drive their cars off go into the horrible regular world where they're ugly for eight hours like like i'm sure like wipe their wipe florence pew's butt like yeah change your iv bag or whatever and then get back in it's like that sounds terrible yeah like a nursing home caretaker half the time (laughs) It made it no sense because I was confused. Like the whole premise is like Harry Styles couldn't find a job. And so he got sad and lost in this YouTube hole of like misogyny. Which that feels realistic. Believable. Me, but... but then it's like suddenly he can pay to like, uh, to like convince yeah, I was her also family like, how that she does this cost. Yeah. Like what is, because it seems like he's not working for them. They're just like, hey, you can do this in your free time if you want, but it's your it's your business. You know, you've got to take care of it. But then in the real world, they do get like different badges or there's levels of things too. So I was like, is this a sort of like an MLM kind yeah, of exactly. situation in the real world? Yeah, like if you they're get... like talking about recruits. Yeah. And then I also wondered, like, is nobody sort of checking in exactly. on this. And also, like, if the wife wakes up in the real world, does she remember that any of this has happened? Or is she, Well, like, that's, I think, what's happening to her is that she does wake up and kind of have glimpses. And then they like, have to, like, put her are, down. But, like, wouldn't, like, if Rob was just, like, oh, we're locking Shelby in a coma <laughs> for the next 50 years. Like, someone would realize yes, that at yes. some point... Yeah, like it's an elaborate hoax to pull off with your spouse. So he had to like convince her family that she was, you know, either dead or fine. Her work that she was either dead or fine. And then he's doing that all on what job? Like what, who's paying him to pull this off? Like who is, who is And also she can never come out of it because if she does, she's going to be like, wait, you locked me in this for 30 years. Like even if she doesn't remember what happened, she knows that she's like been in a, like yeah. time has passed. Yeah, no, it's it's not well thought out. And, you know, I'm fine with that because it's silly, but I would rather have explored more of it. Like, even if I didn't get the answers, like, I would love to know what it means that Olivia Wilde chose this yeah. life. So is it's she... It's hard to do a video game movie well. Uh, Serenity did it perfectly. But aside <laughs> from that, you know, not a lot of places can nail it. Well, did... This is my other question is... So Olivia Wilde and her husband chose to enter the world together or is she keeping her husband under wraps? You know what I mean? My thought on that was that the husband like brought her there, but then at some point she sort of realized that Mm. she was in there and then decided that she wanted to stay anyways. Yeah. And the other thing I have to talk about is Chris Pine, who performance wise, I love Chris Pine, but he's giving mess. He's yeah, he's not like the script isn't giving him powerful moments. He's charming to watch. And there's something like I wanted more of that nefariousness. I wanted more nasty energy. Well, but there's the something so like likable. He's about like him. sort of watching them hook up in his yeah. bedroom and it's super creepy. And then you never quite revisit that yeah. level of weird cult leader. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, dance for us. But it's like, why? And like, it's very strange because he gets this speech to her um, when she's finally accepted to just be happy again. And he's like, I like a woman who challenges me. I've been waiting for someone like you to challenge me. (laughs) Yeah. And then she does this whole dinner scene speech. And he's like, I'm disappointed in you. I expected so much more. And I was like, ooh, like what did she, what did he expect? What did he want? But instead he like gets her lobotomized or whatever, which I was also confused about because when the red men grab her. And so many red men. Where did they? Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, oh. there's just like none, like, and then at the end, they're like busting out of every door. I think the way I read them is that they're like the f- computer game characters, right? Oh, okay. Got so they it. just okay, are that like makes the. Sense. 
I honestly don't know though, but that's how I felt. Like they're not real men. They're just like the computer. You know um, what the most realistic part of this movie was? That the fact that men would be like, ah, we're going to keep our, trap our wives in here and we're only going to give them three backstories and just yeah. sort of <laughs> rotate between them and they'll, they'll yeah. never figure it out. <laughs> But I want to – I don't understand Chris Pine's angle or what he wanted from her or why he'd push her buttons like, oh, I'm always testing my defenses. But then his defense is just a phone call and then the red men go in cars and like chase my, her. My answer to everything is that it had to have been cut. Yeah. Like there, there had to have been <laughs> more to that role that was cut. Because also why would he be in this movie for this role? I mean why would all of these people be in this movie? But like – that role is not nearly juicy enough, I feel yeah. like, for him to want to do. I mean, I guess maybe he knows Olivia Wilde or something, but... Well, it's like an interesting premise, right? And I think... I don't remember who, if these were verified, but there were those leaks of Shia LaBeouf and Flo's texts. And she was like, oh, yeah, I am I know we need to work on some rewrites. Like, I'm hoping to find more about this character. Like, I'm hoping to talk to her about this, blah, 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 blah. And so I wonder if it's like they came on hoping for something more, but it just didn't pan out. Because the problem really is that she is – Olivia Wilde as a director is too distracted by her cinematographer who does a great job. Like, this is a beautifully shot film. There's some really interesting – like, like, there is some interesting – tension inspired like jump cuts of like what's happening what are these memories she's having type thing but it never served the plot and so the plot got lost and I think there could have been interesting pieces throughout where like like the bus driver he could have repeated things like a video game character does where when he's asked a question he only has so many answers and it could have been something weird and offsetting like that but instead you're left wondering well who was the who was the game player and like how many men are involved in this? And like, what's, how is, how is the FBI not caught on to something by now? Like where, who's storing these, like <laughs> these, the, the software farms or whatever to power up this virtual reality and who's footing the bill? Like, I don't understand what Chris Pine's stake is in this because he could just live his fairy tale life with his wife. So why does he want other people to join? And there was enough like weird energy in the like the doctor saying like, "Oh, Harry Styles." Oh, yeah, was, the doctor is oh, so creepy. It, it, there's like this checklist as Harry Styles joins the Victory Project, which is like, "Oh, wife selected. Oh, previous relationship." It, existed and so it seems to imply that men can just choose whatever woman on the street they want as long as they keep them you know uh, comatose and I just wish there'd been more about that but it was just like what is happening and even like Nick Kroll's character being like mom you gotta stop come back inside he doesn't do anything I just I wanted there to be something more because the payoff, the like twist is so creepy and honestly unsettling that it would have been interesting to explore in a sort of like the Truman Show style movie where there's more time to understand it, even if we understand it before she did. Like I would have welcomed the twist earlier. I think the problem with or one of the problems with this movie is that it seems to be borrowing like kind of bits from a lot of other much better movies and sort of like mixing them together in a bad way. Also, I just went down the rabbit hole of this cinematographer Mm -hmm. and really a uh, the trifecta of the Dark Lord himself with (laughs) he did Noah the like. um, Oh, wow. Yeah. The Emma Watson movie. He did Mother. He did Venom. Oh, wow. And he most recently did The Prom. Which one's The Prom? With... Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. But, get this, he also um, was the director for a Taylor Swift music video. Oh. Did you oh, know wait. that? Um, was it the uh, Cardigan one? Um, No, more recent, I think. Oh, Willow? Wait, yeah. what one would it be? Um, wait, is ten things. I mean, all too well. Wait, maybe this, maybe this isn't the one I was thinking it was. Oh yeah, no, it this it's the one with um, uh, it's the Blake Lively one. Oh, I bet you think about me. Yes. Wow, cute. 
honestly. I did like I liked it. I just didn't understand what the dancing women were meant to do or how the VR worked and why they were projecting these black and white dancers on oh, her yeah. canopy bed. Like none of it made sense <laughs> at all. <laughs> Style over substance. Yeah. Um, okay, this the episode is getting long. Oh, I could just talk about it forever. Is there though. anything else that we need to get to? That I we haven't honestly. Discussed? I I've seen a lot of hot takes about this from women who are like, the only reason this is getting bad reviews is because men. I've seen it from women who are like, oh, this is camp. Like you have to appreciate the 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 kind of balls of it you know and, uh, the journey I'll, it takes you on i'll say this i will say this about the movie i don't think like it, it so it has a 38 percent on rotten tomatoes right yeah. now it is not a 38 percent movie yeah this should have like a 60 yeah. i think it's a <laughs> sure. very fine movie yeah and i think that a lot of people I think Harry Styles is, you know, God forbid we say going the Ellen route, but <laughs> it has done a, a various like semi kind of problematic, annoying behavior for the past, I don't know, six months to a year. I think people were sort of annoyed with him, uh, were uh, frustrated that he was in this. Then people love Florence Pugh. This whole, if anyone I think has come out badly on this press cycle, I do think it is Harry Styles. And I think that everybody who would have and been. Olivia. Yeah, but I almost think like in more him to some degree than her um just well, because i think like this isn't in like the the movie is beautiful which can partially be her to her credit she also is from film i think she's not bad in the movie and also she did direct a good movie before this where harry styles i think has the narrative of like isn't an actor wants to be an actor comes in is bad screws up the whole movie <laughs> um like get him out of here this isn't where he belongs like send him back to music but then at the same time everybody's like well he's queer baiting and you know just all yeah. of these different sort of negative things um so i think they went into it with sort of their knives out in some ways and we're more than happy to give it a terrible review of Harry's a bad actor like the worst movie I've ever seen when in actuality this movie's just fine yeah and I'm honestly like that's a genre of movie I think we miss a lot you know the 90s the 2000s were full of like just fine movies that were still fun to watch in theaters that still got people talking and there's something admirable about this attempt I just think uh she took on more than she could chew with what she was willing to give it. Um, it doesn't pay off in a way that feels <laughs> satisfying or realistic. And the ending, I can tell she thought it was so cool to end on the gasp of breath and the blacked out screen, but it is just lazy. It, it didn't give us anything to root for. It felt like one person's success. And like, I would have rather a bigger statement made. So, was it bad? Yes. Was that, does that mean it's unwatchable? No. <laughs> I honestly would rewatch this just to see it all uh, happen, even though Olivia Wilde is set slow. to direct three movies oh, wow. coming up. One is a biopic about Carrie Strug, the gymnast. One is a holiday, holiday comedy, and the other is a female centered superhero film that's a part of the Sony uh, Marvel universe. Mm. Um, which of those are you most excited to see her tackle? I guess the... Wait, what was the middle one? A holiday comedy. I think she'll be think good the at the holiday comedy. comedy. I think that would yeah. be a good spot for her. Booksmart is a yeah. very good movie. Yeah, and like, I don't like the like, oh, well, Booksmart is only funny because of X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, maybe that's true, but we've given mediocre dudes so many chances to make mediocre films and not vilified or ruin their careers for it so i'm not gonna write olivia wilde off because of one bad press tour because of one bad movie because of one sort of semi-problematic let's write out the people of color let's not explore the intersectionality of feminism like should she have done better yeah if she wanted to make a statement film like a get out for white women she could have done better um but i don't think i think we gotta check our internalized misogyny at the door if we think this is a career ending uh directorial moment because it should no be. i think this is very fine yeah yeah she's doing yeah she's doing work so hopefully it gets better from here um and yeah like Ms. i mean Flo colin said, trevor rose <laughs> all three of his 
uh, yeah, Jurassic exactly. World movies were bad, and he's still, he's a still kicking. around and kicking. So, yeah. <laughs> but my favorite was Miss Flo's uh, Instagram post where she doesn't say uh, anything really uh, stunning about this, but she does write, um, "Well, it's here and ready to be seen." <laughs> <laughs> And that is true. No one can say <laughs> it better. That's a fact. It is here and it is ready to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I had a good time with it. Um, you know, for our 200th episode, uh, we might be seeing talk of this movie again, uh, which will be mm. interesting to see how it lines up. But that's coming up soon. Yes, it definitely is. 100 percent i don't it's an episode have... <laughs> and it's ready to be listened to not quite yet but i'm not sure what our next week plan is but um always a pleasure really honestly this paid off in some ways for me given the the long road up to it so i can't complain can't complain <laughs> um Okay, well, we will be back next week to discuss something. Um, uh, we need to figure that out. But um, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Um, and also, I will be starting an MLM where <laughs> we can all go under and live in a 50s community. So if you want to be involved with that, shoot me a DM on yeah. Instagram. Um, it'd be perfect. I can't wait to... I need to bulk we'll by those eye-opener <laughs> clasp things. Yeah, honestly. Oh, can't wait to see that work out for you. Okay, see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.